In the name of the Father, the Son, and God's Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. It was one of those beautiful days, late March, alive with the promise of spring. The air was crisp, the sky blue, and the first rays of sunshine peering through my window awakened me with the feeling that something wonderful was going to happen that day. It took me only a moment to remember the reason for my excitement. I jumped out of bed and ran to the window. Perfect day. I couldn't wait for it to begin. Because you see, this was the day Jesus was coming. The day before I had been in the village, everyone was talking about him. I had heard so much about him, how he healed people. He told these wonderful stories. He even allowed little children to sit on his lap. And now he was coming to our town. I couldn't believe it. I remember I ran all the way home even forgetting what I had gone to town to fetch for my mother. I ran into the house, excited, out of breath. It must have taken me 10 minutes to get it out of my mouth. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. My mother pretended to be mad at me. I had forgotten the groceries. But I could see the twinkle in her eye. The corner of her mouth turned up ever so slightly. I knew she wasn't really angry. I begged, I begged for her to let me go and see Jesus. At first she said she would have to think about it. My father was out of town on business and she wondered aloud, what would my father say? But I knew my mother well enough to know it was just a matter of time before she let me go. And I was right. All these things I remembered as I woke up that day. I felt like it was going to burst. It was still early, but my mother was already baking some barley loaves. She told me that I should go down to the dock to pick up some fresh fish. I think she really just wanted to get me out of the house so I wouldn't wake up my brothers and sisters. They were too young to go and see Jesus. I didn't really appreciate it at the time, but it really was incredible that she let me go. After all, I was only seven. But she knew my neighbors were going. And she herself had heard some of those stories about Jesus. I was so impatient to get on my way. If it had been up to me, I wouldn't have even waited for my mother to pack me a lunch. But she insisted. So off I went, down to the dock to get the fish. Back I came. And it wasn't long, though it seemed like forever. Off I went with a package of barley loaves and two fish tucked under my arm. At last. I ran into the village. Already, a crowd was beginning to make their way up the main road out of the other side of town, and everyone was talking about him. I was so full of energy that day, I could have run 10 miles. But 
Out ahead, I could see people were already gathering on one of the nearby hillsides, so I just kept on running. There are so many things I could tell you about that day. Men, women, children, all crowded around so that they could hear what he was saying. It was like his voice floated down the hillside. I think everybody could hear him, though there must have been 5,000 of us. Because I was a child, I got to sit in the front. I can still remember some of the things that he said that day. But the thing that stands out for me all these years later is not so much what he said, but what he did. It was later that day. Some of the people had been on that hillside since early morning. And it was clear that not all of them had a mother like mine who insisted on sending me with a lunch. People were getting hungry. And even though Jesus was still talking, you could feel it. The crowd was getting a little restless. Too many stomachs growling, I think. Surely Jesus noticed this, but he must have had a lot more to say because he didn't want the people to go away. Not yet. It was too far. If they went back into the town and got something to eat and then came back, it would probably be dark. Most of the crowd didn't hear what happened next, but I was sitting right up there in the front, and I heard Jesus turn to one of his closest followers. I think they call him Philip. He said to him, how are we to buy bread so that all of these people may eat? Well, Philip answered, probably the way any of us would have. Half a year's wages wouldn't buy enough bread for each of them to have even a little bit. At that moment, I thought about my own lunch, the one my mother had packed for me. It was sitting there right on the grass in front of me, my package of barley loaves and fish. I thought about giving my lunch to Jesus, and I almost jumped up right there and offered it. But the more I thought about it, the more uncertain I became. After all, there was only enough in my lunch for a couple of people, maybe five, if each one took one barley loaf, and they weren't very big. Jesus would probably laugh at me. I mean, how could my little lunch feed all of these people? Besides, I was hungry too. And I had remembered to bring a lunch when nobody else had. If I gave my lunch, maybe I would go hungry. Then what would my mother say? She'd been up early baking that bread for me. In fact, the more I thought about it, the more certain I became that I shouldn't give up my lunch. So I reached out my foot and I pulled the package closer to me so nobody would notice. While all this was going through my mind, I heard one of Jesus' other disciples say, well, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish. I looked up, imagining that I had been discovered, wondering how anyone knew what was in my package. 
But immediately I realized it wasn't my lunch they were talking about. There was another boy, just about my age, standing in front of Jesus with a package very similar to mine. But he was holding it out to Jesus. I could make out the five barley loaves and the two fish. Then Jesus' disciple went on. He said, but what are these among so many? That's just what I thought. And when I looked at the boy's face, I was glad I hadn't made a fool out of myself offering my small lunch. I looked at Jesus, expecting amusement on his face. But Jesus wasn't laughing. Instead, Jesus looked right at him, his eyes filled with gratitude. He said to the disciples, make them sit down. Then he took the loaves. He said a blessing, not just for the bread, but for the small boy who had given his lunch. He broke them and he gave them to his disciples to give to the people. Then he did the same thing with the fish and they started to distribute those as well. One of Jesus' disciples leaned over and offered me a piece of bread. But I couldn't eat it. I looked at Jesus, but I couldn't see him clearly, the tears running down my face. I just had this feeling, though, that Jesus was looking right at me. How I wished then that I had given my lunch to him. If only I could go back and do it over. It didn't matter if I didn't get anything to eat. It didn't matter if it was such a small amount that it wouldn't have fed all of those people. The only thing that mattered was that Jesus could have used my lunch. But I didn't offer it. Year after year at the Passover, I have relived that scene on the hillside. What I wouldn't have done to be able to go back and do it all over again. And as I walked back to the village at the end of that day, my uneaten lunch hidden away under my arm, I thought, how ironic. I was probably one of the few in the crowd who had a lunch, who had been so concerned about having something for myself to eat. I was probably the only one in the crowd who didn't get a bite that day. Not because it wasn't offered, but because I no longer had a stomach for it. I learned a valuable lesson that day. In a way, it's changed my life. I know now, nothing that I offer to Jesus to use is ever too little. Maybe I can't provide homes for all those who are out on the streets. I can work in a shelter for the homeless. Maybe I can't take care of the problems of the poor. I can give something of what God has given to me and then I can wait for Jesus to multiply that gift. I also learned that day that 
if I am too concerned about looking out for myself, I'm the real loser. Jesus provided for his people that day, but I didn't let myself share in those blessings. And much later, I also knew that Jesus didn't really need my lunch to feed those people. Everybody had plenty. Heck, there were 12 baskets left over. Jesus didn't need my lunch. I needed to give it. I was only seven when I learned that lesson. And to think some people never learn it. Amen.